you are now listening to a little bit of history here. The first ever Bare Necessities podcast. You should know, I guess by now, if you clicked on this on or on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or however you're listening to us, thanks for joining us. And uh, you indeed are listening to War's very own podcast focusing on the Disney classic, The Jungle Book. No, I'm just playing. This is The Bears necessities the chicago bears that is and uh this is your one-stop shop your first spot uh first stop on the weekend where uh you can obsess and focus all your energy on the well-being of chicago's number one nfl team the team that we're of course definitely all uh, uh focused on and uh, aligned with being Chicagoans ourselves. And the us, in this case, is yours truly, Kyle Means, editorial director of WeAreRegalRadio.com, War Media. And, uh, of course, alongside with me, as he is for all 32, and uh, for anything else that's got to do with uh, professional football, Ryan Bukovetsky, our lead writer, on the Bears and the NFL at large. Uh, Ryan, what's going on, man? Not much, Kyle. Waiting for a uh, hotly anticipated Sunday of NFL action, especially for the Bears, because, uh, man, they got to start showing something, right? Yes, indeed, man. It was uh, a very rough first week. Um, you know, you can listen to our res- uh, response, our immediate response on that uh, opening game. Uh, that was a you know a week and a day ago now uh, against Green Bay, just a very anticlimactic uh, uh, conclusion to uh, off season full of buzz and positivity here in Chicago. But you no, know, there's still just only the beginning of the season. Uh, one chapter and sixteen to be told still, and uh, you know the Bears, you know. One conclusion that we could come to is that the Bears ended uh, their first week last year in the same way, and they still wound up being the 12-14 and 14 that won the NFC North and uh, was threatening to be a contender in the NFC. So as of now, there's nothing that you you really can uh, decide that uh, can say any different. We just got to see how they can respond again to this uh, bit of diverse um, – you know, uh, this bit of, a, you know, uh, hardship that they've got coming out of this uh, first week of the season. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, here in this second week. Um, and you can read now on WeAreRegalRadio.com with our fourth and goals as uh, done so artfully every week by Ryan. Uh, four, uh, four main points, uh, competitive points that Ryan – uh, you know, uh, lines up every week to uh, let y'all know what he thinks about the Bears' chances in the upcoming game, and uh, what he's what you can read about now on our website is Ryan, uh, you know, sizing up the Bears in competition with the Denver Broncos, and that's who they're going to face this Sunday afternoon, 
And, of course, if you know anything about the Bears, you know that their defensive coordinator, celebrate, much celebrated from last year, Vic Fangio. He's now leading that Denver Broncos team. And uh, there's a there's been a lot of talk about, you know, who knows what, who knows who better. Does Fangio know this offense better than the Bears know him or vice versa? You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of uh, chess playing, it would seem, in the mountains come, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon. But uh, Ryan, as we get going with your with your early analysis, man, what what do you think are the sort of the main uh, contention points here? The main the storylines that uh, we need to focus on with this game. Well, it's got to be offense first. Looking at uh, what they did against Green Bay was clearly not good enough, and I expect the defense to definitely keep them in this game. Uh, I think their defense has proven that they've got too many star players, too much talent, too many uh, smart coaches that I don't really expect a Broncos team that's really in the midst of a semi-rebuild because they have Joe Flacco at quarterback, but not a lot is really known about the team beyond that. Philip Lindsay and uh, their backup free, uh, running back Royce Freeman, they're solid running backs. But other than a few games last year from Philip Lindsay, I don't know if we know how good of a running back he is yet. And outside of that, they have a nice receiver in Cortland Sutton and uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. But not a ton of explosion there, not necessarily a receiving core that you really have to be afraid of. It's an offensive line that seems pretty average at best. So this defense should play really well against uh, whatever the Broncos have. And it's up to the offense to really supply enough. And it's got to be through game planning, through preparation, through play call and adjustments from the coaching side. And on the player side, obviously, execution. And that starts with Mitch down to the offensive line. And then you start working your way out to the skill uh, positions. But really, the focus is going to be on Trubisky, Nagy, and that offensive line, I think, for this game to see if they rebound. Yeah, if you if you want to look at week one, you know, you, you know ideally, you would – you know, want to be as ready as you can uh, in in that in that opening game, but in, in as is the case for most uh, many teams, if not most in the NFL, there is some dragging that's done in the first, and uh, especially on offense. You know, it seems that a lot of teams struck uh, can struggle at times when it comes to uh, you know executing at least you know. So, uh, you know, we, you don't ideally you don't want that first week to be a uh, fifth preseason game, but you know that's the position that the Bears put themselves in. You know, there's there's enough to be uh, learned from the first week that uh, you know, you, you have to feel a, a little bit better about you know the possibilities to come. You know, just knowing that they had a week now where they played all together and they, you know, they, they got, uh, you know, they got their reps in that, you know, maybe they could have got those reps in in August, but they got them in last week and they, they, they have tape that they've watched. Of course, they know a lot about what they shouldn't be doing, 
But, uh, you know, I think if you look back to last year, and I'm looking at the schedule, the Bears scored uh, – the Bears, I guess the Bears were a lot more explosive in, in their opener last year, 23 points as opposed to 20, as opposed to just three this year. But I think when you looked at the way that they executed in the second game of that of that season against Seattle, uh, there was a, a lot more of a balanced attack, and it was a lot better throughout the entire course of the game than they do than they were uh, at, at Green Bay last year in the first week. It was more of a one half uh, showcase in that in that Green Bay game. And they were, uh, you know, in the Seattle game, I said, like I said, they were more balanced and they were more, uh, you know, they were, they did more throughout the entire course of that game. So you got to figure that this week in this series, this year, I should say, that there may be more to see. You know, maybe, maybe the playbook will be opened up some more. Maybe they'll uh, focus on the run more, you know. I'm just trying to be positive along those lines. Yeah, you know, I thought from last year, the big talk was after the scripted plays, how do the Bears' offense really come at you? Because in that first game uh, last year against Green Bay, it was all about the scripted plays, and then the offense stalled from that point on. And I think they had more of that in that Seattle game, but it was more of a consistent threat throughout the game. So, you know, you look at this year, week one, you start off with some, you know, rust and bad play, a little bit of both for sure. And you put on one of the worst offensive performances and tie really Pittsburgh for the fewest points uh, scored in week one of any team in the NFL. So they got to come back and they got to really show that they are a consistent threat. It's it's not even really about, to me, going out and scoring 30 or even uh, just a bunch of points throughout the game with a bunch of flashy plays. It's It's got to be more of a simple, like, the Bears have an identity of what they're doing in this game, whether that's running the ball or passing the ball, however Nagy decides to attack them. And then they have that identity throughout the entirety of the game, and they go to it and they use it because that's what this team needs. They need a consistent threat with that defense you know, whether they score a bunch of points is irrelevant. It's about winning the game. And hopefully this offense is going to get better and better each week. Now, obviously, if they come out and it looks like Mitch against Tampa Bay last year, then a lot of us are going to feel a lot better about the direction of this offense. But the big thing with what Nagy's shown over the course of his coaching uh, of the Bears, at first teams were trying to figure out what he was doing and they really struggled to on the bears offense was excellent over the course of maybe the second half of his coaching tenure teams have really started to figure out the type of things that Matt Nagy wants to do. And the offense has really stalled. So it's about finding that identity, finding that thing that you are going to be good at and do it uh, consistently week in and week out. There's been some reporting uh, that's come out, you know, I guess, especially in the wake of last week, that team, the defenses, the teams around the league are, you know, pretty much knowing ahead of time, or at least that it's it's not really hard for them to figure out what the Bears are doing pre-snap. You know, uh, what do you think about those reports? And is that is that something that the Bears really should be worried about? Uh, you know, 
it's it's interesting when you talk about the pre-snap stuff with the Bears because there is just a lot of ambiguity of what's going on. Uh, we were told that Mitch had a really good understanding of pre-snap stuff this year versus last year being second year in the offense. And that really didn't show up at all on Sunday. We've also heard Matt Nagy talk about the RPOs when asked about why there wasn't more consistent run plays called. And simply he would put it that, you know, run plays were called, but there's a pass option and Mitch is throwing to pass based on the coverages or whatever's going on. So there just seems to be some general confusion all around about the pre-snap of this offense because for Mitch, you would think if he is really mastering the offense and becoming the type of quarterback that can attack defenses, that starts in the pre-snap. You know, that starts with, oh, I see this defense. I know what they're doing. I know exactly how to attack it. If he is looking like how he did week one against uh, the Packers, to me, he looked like he was really struggling to make a lot of reads. And part of that was a ton of pressure and not a lot of great play from his receivers. But still, the fact was Mitch would throw into some really bad coverages, and that's all based off pre-snap reading. And then obviously going into the post-snap where he's doing the split-second decision-making. I don't know exactly how the pre-snap of this offense, you know, you especially when you have the Kansas City model where it seems like it's moving so fluidly and so well because it's the same basic offense. Uh, I think that there is some problem, whether it's how Nagy is trusting Mitch to dissect at that pre-snap or it's simply Mitch isn't being given enough preparation on the type of things that he might see in that pre-snap with some of the things that they're trying to do. Okay. Bear Necessities Podcast, you're listening to our very first episode of this Bears Focus Podcast. We're previewing the Bears every week here. And uh, this week, we're, of course, focusing on the Bears and uh, the Broncos They're traveling to Denver in their first road contest of the season, trying to pick up uh, from their pretty bad 10-3 loss in uh, the season opener last week. And, uh, you know, definitely a lot of focus going to be on the offense and how they progress and how they, you know, try to make something of themselves in in the face of, uh, you know, the – three-point embarrassment. Uh, the defense, let's, let's let's move over to the defense. You you had some words for them, too, in your fourth and goals uh, down, Ryan. Uh, let, uh, you know, give us a little bit about what you think the emphasis should be, what uh, some of the focal points should be for them in this game. I think, you know, they did a great job of rushing the, uh, the quarterback. They, you know, got – did a lot of harassment to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think for some, though, you may look at there was a lack of, uh, you know, lack of dynamism in regards to, uh, you know, they controlling the game. They didn't really do much to control the game or take over the game. You know, it could be a lot. It can be a lot to ask of a defense, but you know, we've seen it through the history with this Bears team that. You know, a lot of times they're called upon to take over games where the offense can't. And uh, they just – they couldn't – for whatever reason, they didn't do that last week. But they were still – you know, there still was a lot of good things about them. But, you know, what do you think that they could uh, improve upon 
as they uh, face their face their old uh, coach Fangio this week. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't by any means a perfect game from the defense in their first go around uh, this season, and I think. A lot of it has to do with Aaron Rodgers and really his greatness. I I mean, the guy is just flat out special when it comes to not making mistakes and making big plays. And he just does not throw interceptions. So I was not surprised that the defense really didn't take over the game. But even with that being said, the amount of pressure that they put on Aaron Rodgers, if you had any type of normal scoring from the Bears – where if they had put up, like, I don't know, a touchdown and a couple field goals, I think everyone would be saying the defense took over that game. And because of the pressure that they did on Aaron Rodgers, uh, it really kept them alive, even though the offense was constantly getting three and outed or just a short series, and the defense would have to go right back out and try to contain a Packers attack that is still a variable because we don't know exactly what they're trying to do each Sunday like uh, we did before under Mike McCarthy, now with the new coach. So this week against a guy like Joe Flacco, and I point out in my fourth and goal, he has slightly under a two-to-one touchdown-interception ratio in his career. So basically for every two touchdowns, he throws a pick, but it's not even quite that. If anything, it's like 1.9 or 1.8 touchdown per interception So he is definitely the type of quarterback that is liable to throw you the ball and and really the exact opposite of Aaron Rodgers, who will just never throw interceptions. Just that Eddie Jackson was got that interception last year against him is pretty remarkable because he just does not throw picks. But Joe Flacco and that uh, Denver Bronco offense, they're in a new system, a new set of players around each other. Obviously, even the leftovers from that Broncos offense has to get used to Joe Flacco at quarterback. So I think there's going to be the same amount of dysfunction that we kind of saw from Green Bay in week one, getting used to their own offense. But this time you have a quarterback that if he does feel the pressure, A, he's not going to be able to roll out of the pocket or move around in a way to try to create a, a big play downfield. And B, he is the type of quarterback that if you continuously get pressure like we saw last week against Green Bay, he's definitely going to throw some passes to Bears defenders and they're going to have their opportunities to take it away. And then, obviously, if all that happens, we're going to be talking about how the defense is back to being the type that takes over games. Yeah, the Bears should be able to look at a lot of the film from Monday night's game where they just didn't figure out much against, uh, you know, the Oakland, uh, a team with, uh, you know, I guess they got some, they got some talent there on, on their defense, some youthful talent, but, uh, you know, they don't have the talent that the Bears have, you know, and, you know, they're led, and the Bears are led by a guy, of course, who used to dominate that Raiders defense. So if, uh, you know, it probably starts from there with the, if the Bears are flustering, a guy like Flacco in the pocket, you know, you laid it out right there, Ryan. He's he stands to give you a lot of chances to make plays on the ball. And if the bear and the if the Bears defense are making plays on the ball, then that uh that equates to a lot of good things. Yeah, and uh, I think that especially when you look, yeah. So like last year, what made this pass ru- or this defense so great was the fact that uh, whenever the pass rush didn't seem to get there the coverage would give that pass rush just enough time to get to the quarterback 
or vice versa, whenever the coverage didn't seem like it was maybe matching up quite as well against an offense, the pass rush could be there and make that big play to, to change a game. And I expect to see a lot of that type of effort this Sunday against the Broncos because even though they don't have a ton of weapons, they do have some guys that are going to make some plays here or there up to uh, the Prince of Mucamoras, the Kyle Fullers, you know, the Roquan Smiths. Make sure you take away the receiving options when they have the opportunity, whether it's in zone or any type of coverage. Give that pass rush just enough time. And as long as they're in the right spot in the right time, Joe Flacco might give you the ball again. So it's really up to uh, the defense, I think, to just come together and stay how they've been playing. And as long as they play their game and they don't come out there and, and just lay an egg or just leave, uh, you know, you, they made it to Denver, but their mind, body, and soul is really left back in Chicago. As long as they are out there performing and hungry, I think that they're going to put on a, a really solid performance. Yeah, it was, it was interesting in your piece, man. You made some good reference to uh, a, a particularly harrowing game from last year when the Bears – traveled to Miami and, uh, you know, had to deal with a lot of, uh, you know, heat in the South Florida weather and a lot of, uh, you know, extra strenuous things uh, that, you know, you normally don't deal with in a game. And, uh, you know, I think it was pretty clever to compare it to the potentially what could happen this week where you're, you not only could be dealing with heat in Denver because it's still summer technically, but uh, you also could be, you know, of course, are always going to deal with that high altitude out there and just a very a very tough home field advantage that Denver has maintained for decades out there. Uh, you know, before we uh, get into your, your spotlight, uh, you know, get to the, the, the first, first light run spotlight stuff, you know, uh, give us your thoughts on that, uh, you know what you were doing with with that comparison to the Miami game. What do you think it how it's going to play out for this week? Yeah, uh, you know, last year going into that Miami game, uh, I thought it was really rightfully brought up. That's a very tough place to play early in the season because it's so hot. You still have the summer in Florida, and you're just not used to that here in Chicago. You're, you're not seeing, even though we had a, a spree of a few 80 degrees last week, you're not seeing day after day high heat, high humidity. So you, it's really tough to get used to that just one day. And also while you're doing it that day, you're running your tail off, you're playing your tail off, like you're using your entire body to, ex- to exhaustion. So th- that can be extremely difficult, and that can be the difference between – getting there in time to make the interception or the reception versus the incompletion or the, the missed play, if you will. And uh, looking at this Denver game, I believe in the last five seasons, they are nine and one in September at home in Denver, because you've got the same kind of deal as Miami, where you've got a lot of heat, all the surrounding area below that uh, is lower in elevation. All that heat rises up, especially uh, throughout the day. And it's going to be making that hot, humid air, essentially. That's why a lot of guys obviously need oxygen masks on top of the fact that you're going to be so high up in the air that the air is thinner in itself. So it's going to certainly be difficult. And it's certainly something that the Bears are going to have to find a way to just deal with and acclimate themselves to. And certainly it's not an excuse, just like it was an excuse in Miami. 
But it, it is something that hopefully this team kind of learned from last time that, hey, it's going to be slightly different in these areas. So we need to kind of prepare better in situational football or whatever they decide was the biggest reasons why they weren't as effective against a team in Miami where you had Brock Osweiler as quarterback. And as as maybe poor or as good as Joe Flacco has been, I, I just think that this Broncos offense at this point in time is not a world beater. So they're going to be a, an opponent that they should beat just really all together because that defense shouldn't give up too many points. And that offense, if it's worth anything, is going to find a way to put up way more than just three points. Okay, definitely, definitely. This is the Bear Necessities Podcast, our opening segment of the year. Kyle Means, Ryan Bukovetsky. And, uh, you know, we're – we we probably will give you a little bit of a truncated show this this week, but uh, you know we'll have like I said we'll definitely be back with more next week for week, week three previewing that and everything. But as we as we wrap up our our previewing of uh, this game here, the Bears and the Broncos, let's get into Ryan's spotlight. Uh, wait, what is it in the spotlight or how are we gonna how are we gonna call this? Under the spotlight. Under the spotlight. My bad. But uh, you know, this is these are the key factors that uh Ryan wants to highlight as far as the matchup with the Bears and the Broncos and uh, what he feels are, are going to essentially make the difference in this game. So uh, Ryan, let's uh hand it off to you on that one. What's what's what do you feel is uh should be in the spotlight here this week? And, you know, I'm going to keep on the offensive side, and we've talked a lot about the quarterback, the coach, play caller, and the offensive line throughout the week, and you can hear it all over the various Chicago medias covering the Bears. But I want to put under the spotlight maybe something that wasn't quite talked about enough in week one and certainly is going to be a big factor moving down the road, and that's the receiving core. And I'm even going to go a little bit more specific and go Anthony Miller. And I bring up the receiving core because last week really – Outside of Allen Robinson, no one did much of anything. Maybe a few grabs for Taylor Gabriel, a couple tight end grabs, a couple grabs for Tariq Cohen, but nothing was really that memorable. And as you go forward in the early parts of the season, uh, I talked about it last week, I thought that Mike Pettin would do a lot to try to plug up everything underneath, try to stop Mitch from running, and really keep him in the pocket and force the ball downfield so that, uh, you know, he does something that seemingly he's not very comfortable with. I I think it's going to be a similar mindset for Vic Fangio, but I think he's going to take it one step further and try to take away Allen Robinson and not give Mitch that security blanket where it seems like he really likes to key in on Allen Robinson. So either way, it's Allen Robinson having double coverage and you're going to have a better chance at a takeaway, or Mitch is going to have to look elsewhere. And if he looks elsewhere, he needs guys that can get open. And Taylor Gabriel, as much as he's been a factor for the Bears, he's more of that down-the-line speed threat, not really that number two receiver. You really want Anthony Miller to be that guy and put Taylor Gabriel in the slot. But Anthony Miller really hasn't stepped up and taken that. And for whatever reason, in his entire tenure with the Bears and Mitch, they have just seemingly had a very difficult time connecting with each other when there's been plays downfield and Miller's wide open, whether it's from bad alignments, you know, poor get-offs, 
bad throws by Mitch. And there's, there's certainly evidence for both because at early part of uh, training camp, some of the conversation was, is Anthony Miller in his playbook enough? Is he really understanding what he needs to do in this offense? So questions like that and a, a poor performance on Sunday or on Thursday certainly means that uh, he's under the microscope and under my spotlight. That's why I want to see what receivers really show up, especially to Kyle, because Trey Burton is listed as questionable. His status remains unclear. And if he can't go, that's where this naggy offense seems to struggle even that much more. And uh, it's going to be up to another player on the outside to make a play if Mitch gets the time and if Nagy's calling a good game. Yeah, it was it was a lot lacking, like you said, in, in the Bears' uh, big play capabilities last week. And outside of AR-12, man, it was just a very disappointing drive after drive to see that the Bears couldn't come up with anything. And, you know, Miller, man, is such a talent. You want to see him performing out there. And uh, it's just inexcusable to not see any sh- – to see so little chances for him to even play with, uh, make plays as it was last week. So hopefully the Bears will get that right and uh, fix that for this week because I don't, you know, if I had a player like Miller to throw it to, man, I wouldn't ignore him at all. So you got you got to recognize what he can do with the ball. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, this offense needs guys to, to step up and make plays, especially if there's going to be tight coverages. And and really, Mitch only showed trust in Allen Robinson. And I don't know if that's based on what they've done in practice or that's Mitch's shortcomings or it's just the fact that the other receivers aren't doing enough. But something has to change in that area. Definitely. Yeah, so uh, we're going we're gonna to head out pretty soon on on this on this one if uh you like what we're doing man hit us up uh war on anchor uh war on twitter we are uh, regal radio one you can add us there hashtag uh war on anchor or hashtag uh you no know, uh, bare necessities you know uh, throw us those some at us there if you uh, got any questions or got any statements that you want to make about this week and what you think is going on any any uh, other storylines or aspects about the bed that you want us to focus on feel free to uh, hit us up about it uh, also on Instagram you can uh, hit us up uh, Regal Radio uh, we are Regal Radio on Instagram and on Facebook Regal Radio uh, one as well on Facebook but uh, before we go I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna step step y'all up to the pay window a little bit, as it will, as it were. Uh, the put you uh with the Bears against the spread, and what I think. You know, I thought I know a lot of y'all. You know, maybe into the gambling stuff. You know, the gaming is coming to Illinois now. You know, the the, the gambling culture is as relevant as it's ever been in sports, especially with football. So. You know, I'm getting into it too, and I, you know, I like to. I'm I'm playing the pigskin pick them on ESPN, uh, just as uh, you know, just as I'm playing the fantasy on there too, with the with the war squad. We got our own fantasy football league. I'm doing the pick them as well. I'm doing the pick them straight and against the spread, which is 
a great feature that I like on ESPN. They allow you to do both. And, um, you know, as far as the spread goes, spread means uh, means points. You know, who, you know, how do you like a team as, as far as their ratio to the score? You know, uh, how many points would you give a team or take against a team in regards to the final score? And look at the Bears this week on ESPN. They have them listed as a uh, – you're getting one point. You're getting one point five points against Denver. If you want to bet with the Bears this week, I would say take that. Uh, you know, as, as we've been talking all this time, you know, there's nowhere to go but up with the Bears. And uh, you know, Denver is still a bit, still a bit shaky in themselves in regards to their their offense as well. They're not a juggernaut right now. I think the Bears' defense will carry the way. Uh, for the most part, they'll get enough offense to allow them to win at least by three points. So that means if you take if you take the the Bears and the points this week, you got them winning by at least two points. So you wanna you wanna watch that, and uh, I think the Bears will win by at least three. So take take the Bears and the points, and. Uh, also, my I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with one other game too. My lock of the week. Uh, let's see. I think the best the best bet elsewhere in the league will probably be. Uh, yeah, let's let's go with let's go with the Rams. Let's go with the Saints and the Rams. You're getting two point. You're getting two point five points if you go with the Rams. In Los Angeles, in a big game NFC rematch against the Saints, I think the Saints are motivated. I'm picking them outright in the game, so uh, get the take the Saints with the points on that one. They're going to win by at least three points out there in LA. They're for blood, so uh, take that for me. This is just for entertainment purposes. If you lose your money and you're a degenerate gambler, don't come. Don't be mad at me if you lose your house or whatever. But uh, <laughs> that's it for now. We go ahead out on that one, and uh, Brian, man, thanks a lot for joining. I know you you're on a, a little bit of a rush, so I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and enjoy your enjoy your thanks uh, enjoy the game Sunday. And uh, we should be getting up again after Sunday's game with our uh, what we hope to make our usual breakdown immediate of the of the Bears, and hopefully we'll be breaking down the win. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's see, man. Uh, I say, hopefully, we'll be breaking down the win on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully, Kyle, because uh, boy, it's going to be anarchy in the streets if it isn't. Yeah, definitely don't want an Owen two star here. But uh, Chicago, man, enjoy your weekend, including the Bears game. This is again the Bears the Bear Necessities podcast, our very first one. We just got through it. <laughs> But uh, we'll be back next week with another one previewing the Bears and their upcoming opponent. And, uh, yeah, like I said, bear down, y'all, and stay uh, – keep building.